Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hello and welcome to the IGN UK podcast. My name is Gavin Murphy and today I'm joined by Dale and Alicia. Oh, baby. I really, I really like how your voice goes like lovely and deep and kind of yeah. like when you say that, hello and welcome to the IGN. There's just something about it. It's very caramelly. It's good. I reckon I'd be good at doing like the shipping news. That's, that's, that's the dream. That's the dream right there. Do they still do the shipping news? What is, is shipping news like? Is this what they get on freighters? Or? I guess it's like ships. They, they, I remember there's a joke about it in Black Books where Peter Serafinowicz right. does the shipping news or something like that. And it's all about like, I think it's news about freighters and stuff and where they're landing and where they're docking. And Wait, that was a very, thing? Yeah. That's important stuff. And I hope they are still reporting it. Maybe it's a thing for like know. the, what's it called? Uh, Nerds, uh, financial thing. <laughs> oh, right. if you're, okay. yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's a financial thing. I'm not sure. How are you guys doing anyway? What's everyone been doing? Yeah, good. Uh, uh, what did you do last night? Oh, good. I went swing dancing. Did you? Yeah, yeah. Oh. It's so much fun. It's so much fun. But <laughs> like, awesome. also kind of. It, it, what's really hard is there's this move, and you're meant to like twist your ankles. Yeah. But I end up literally twisting my ankles doing it rather than <laughs> oh, looking, God. looking kind of cool and, and swinging. You should definitely try it. Dale, yeah, what did you do last night? I played, it sounds like we're going into a segment, but I played WWE 2K18. Oh. It's not going into the segment, but that's why I spent my night playing that game. Awesome. And it was good. It's it good. Is, it looks really, really silly. Yeah. I saw good. your unboxing of the of the uh, WWE yeah. thing. That was crazy. John Cena, yeah. right? John Cena. 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 Sorry. Oh. Sorry. Fine, fine, Sorry. Sorry. Um, yeah, there's, you get a bit of a map. That John Cena, yeah, won. tiny bit of the ring mat when he won his 16th world title from the. I, I think that's incredible. What an incredible thing to come with a. But a I game. just like, what were they thinking at that time when they were dismantling the stage? Was there someone just there with like a little bit of scissors going, "Oh, if we cut this up and a little." I'm gonna, I'm gonna stick it out there and say it's not the actual one. Do you what? Think? That's sitting uh, on my desk. Destroyed a place <laughs> on my desk. Uh, so I'll speak to someone else in the office who um, has dealt with WWE before. Apparently, they do this quite often, mm. and it's every now and again when they have a special occasion they will take the ring mat and pull it aside replace it with the new one and then cut up the old one uh, or he said he saw once they just sent out the entire ring mat and then the people that received it had to cut it up into these oh, little they're like postage stamps as well and it's like a 20 by 20 ring as well so mm. yeah. um, last night I went to watch Death Becomes Her have you seen that? I, I love Death Becomes it's Her good isn't Wait, it? you went to watch it? yeah they were showing it at this uh, pub in they, they do like screens at this pub called Tunnel 267 in Wimbledon Yeah, uh, they do like film night every Thursday mm. and uh, last night it was Death Becomes Her that film's brilliant yeah, I remember, it's like, so good man do you know it's Robert Zemeckis I completely what? forgot yeah <laughs> I, I mean it's, I suppose it's a film you watch as a kid you don't really think about things nah. like that, who's directing it it's just, just good fun it was way I, in my head it was way longer than it actually was right yeah. like when I watched it last night like it ended I was like oh, I wasn't ready for that to end when is it Bruce Willis being like really aged in that film yeah, as yeah. well like the, way before his time it's, it's a re- there's a really good aging thing do you know what Death Becomes Her literally no idea so what it's like a yeah. sort of I guess like horror comedy yeah like, or just like dark comedy uh, more than horror but it's about Meryl Streep Goldie Hawn and Bruce Willis 
Excellent cast. They meet through Isabella Rossellini. They get a tonic that gives them uh, like everlasting life. Yeah, but it makes them young. But it makes them well. young as well because um, they, they're older. They're in like the sort of twilight years. But what's good is they obviously cast. It's like an older film, so they made them look a lot older. So when they turn them young, then they are normal. They yeah. are actually their normal age. But which that's is really weird because now we look at them and we see them as old. So when you look yeah, at them yeah. made up to be older, you like ah, oh, that yeah. looks exactly like them. Or are you like oh no, that that's not what they look like as yeah. old. It's got a very, uh, you might have seen the iconic shot from it where uh, Goldie Horn gets shot through the stomach with a shotgun yeah. and there's a huge hole and then they look through her body. Oh, classic. Yeah. That's yeah. been parodied yeah. in so <laughs> many movies yeah. since. So what's happened, they get everlasting life but then they end up killing each other so they're in like, but Bruce Willis plays like an undertaker uh, so he can put them back together so they need him to be alive forever so they can do like touch-ups on them and stuff yeah. it's, it's a mad mad film sounds mental but it's brilliant it's, good, it's, it's really good it's a cool one to watch for Halloween hmm. um, not quite as good for Halloween that's not a segue <laughs> uh, Star Wars The Last Jedi got its yeah. first actual trailer so we've had a teaser mm. trailer before mm. this is the first actual trailer oh god what's happening with your chair I started, started this podcast sitting on my leg for some reason I thought well, <laughs> what did you do that for can't Mania. keep that up um, yeah so we, we did a, it dropped during our well it dropped during our evening mm. but then we did the Rewind Theatre on it and uh, it was one of those days where uh, it makes you realise how much I properly love working here because it was like we came in we had a dock open so it was like me Krupa Dale and Cardi yeah like putting down like what we thought all these different mm. theories and stuff like that then working that into a script yeah. getting that done Dale did the edit and like banging that out and now that's the more views than the actual trailer on our YouTube channel no way boom have some fun. of that yeah it's amazing um, I'm gonna go watch that after this I've not seen it yet it was good like I, th I think like we're we're Good, <laughs> uh, but we're good at taking our times with things. Like yeah. I saw a bunch. Of, I saw uh, a write up of the trailer breakdown because everyone does trailer breakdowns now. Yeah. That's just a thing. Mm. Um, I saw two on two different. They're not rival websites. They're just websites that also do similar things to us. Yeah. Um, but just reporting just mad shit. One of them, and we're not going to say who it was, but it was an absolute joke. Oh, we read, we read it. And we were just like, because we, we, you were editing while I was just going around. So yeah. I was just like, I was kind of just scouring stuff just to make sure we hadn't missed anything nuts. Mm. Um, and we hadn't. No. But, the stuff that some people were reporting. Like, obviously, you can just see the weird Wikipedia hole they've gone down. Right. Yeah, yeah. Where they've the gone crazy to one theories. thing. And then they've just gone... But it's not, it wasn't even crazy theories. It's just incorrect and just really, really bad reporting. Oh, really? Um, but Fake news! We didn't yeah. do any of that shit. No, all legit. Um, it's, you did such a good job of like taking all those notes what we wrote. Yeah. Condensing it down to a nice, short, piffy script. Some of our, some of our notes are class as well. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, things that we like and things like that. Yeah. But yeah, no, it was good. If you uh, you should check that out. But like annoyingly, because we're not doing the Star Wars show Rebel Base anymore, I was yeah. maybe gonna go into this. I was trying to go gonna go into the Last Jedi yeah. without seeing any trailers. Really? Yeah. I think that's a fool's errand in this industry. Um, to be honest. But uh, there was no way I could. Oh, do although this. Al manages it, though, doesn't he? Al, Al, yeah, Al yeah, managed yeah. it with the Force Awakens and with Rogue One as well. But yeah. I don't think I could. I think it's just. So I saw a lot of people say like, "Oh, there's loads of spoilers in the Last Jedi trailer," and like to be fair. It, you don't know because you hadn't seen the film. Like, remember the yeah. Rogue One trailers? Like, yeah. there's so much in that also, that just doesn't end up in there. Like, I, yeah, I saw similar things of, I think what some people were referring to was the point where Kylo and Rey are standing opposite each other in that kind of 
something's burning in the background yeah. Yeah. and like she's like oh I need someone to show me the way or something yeah. like that and he holds out his hand and everyone's like that's such a spoiler that she's going to join the dark side and he's like yeah. well you absolutely do not know that that could be a vision yeah. like that could be 100% almost definitely they're two different scenes. they are not absolutely. in the same place absolutely. you can tell completely that yeah, yeah, yeah. like she's got a real echo on her voice and you can tell that like, she's in that yeah. cave which yeah. you, can, you can tell they've taken scenes that look similar yeah. But in terms of lighting but the lighting is still really different even yeah. though they've kind of got that like golden fire sort of thing on they, it they could have done that in post anyway to make it yeah. look to trick you but yeah, they're yeah, almost yeah. definitely not the same scene what do you guys think of the theory that uh, Ray and Kylo are going to end up joining forces and see uh, so my theory is that this is what I think is going to happen mm-hmm. is we didn't put this in the thing because it's based on nothing I just like it um, <laughs> so I think there's going to be I don't think there's going to be a light and a dark side anymore they're going to join yeah. and basically unify the force gosh that's just nerds but yeah. like they're going to un- they're going to unify the force and it's going to be like a new thing that's why we've got the last jedi yeah. like yeah. i think it's going to be a new thing where it's just like do you know what you've got some bad in you and that's cool i have bad thoughts too but just because you have bad thoughts doesn't mean you're a terrible person you you have to go off and be a sith lord like you can use that so i hmm. feel like the force as we know it is going to end and yeah. we're going to have something completely different because we've definitely seen the Jedi Order has had its yeah. flaws over previous movies like it, it's very dogmatic yeah. and yeah. that's how you know it kind of feels like Kylo perhaps is someone who's fallen foul of that that yeah. like raised in that order and clearly has gone off into because he just can't find his own way within it it's too like pressured and structured yeah I think the only thing about that is we don't have another baddie really I mean we have Snoke but what yeah. is that yeah we don't know I mean? like, we do, really. like we General Hux is nothing like that, that's not a baddie like if they join forces who are they going up against but are they joining forces in this film or is it going to be in the next film like that yeah, might be the ultimate conclusion how many films yeah. are they making so it's definitely this is definitely a trilogy yeah okay. but they'll inevitably go on they'll go on yeah. Yeah. well no. there was a thing before uh, a couple of years back where it was like when the people who are alive now mm. aren't gonna live to see the end of Star Wars what don't which, say that which to is me awesome I constantly right. like when The Force Awakens was coming out I was actually thinking in my head if I can just make it to see The Force Awakens I think I'll be happy with death that's fine I can die tomorrow you I'm gonna die I'm always worried I'm gonna die <laughs> um, but yeah no I, I thought like I have to admit before I started looking through the trailer it didn't properly blow me away mm. um Oh, see, I, I got goosebumps oh, no, immediately I when I was it. watching there's, it. There's a, there's a bit where Rey is like swinging her Jedi saber and they mm. time it so nicely with the music and oh, it yeah. gave me shivers, it did. Yeah. Um, I just think getting to hear Luke like speak, yeah. like actually seeing him speak and stuff like that, that just brought back like yeah. great feelings for me yeah. as well. And I'm, I'm super excited because he was always my favourite character. Most people are Han Solo kids really yeah. and I was always a Luke Skywalker oh, really? boy yeah. Luke, Luke looks like he's seen some shit like he's <laughs> he's been on like a 30 year bender he's very well we see him in the trailer going through some shit as well yeah, quite an out of true. rubble I really I'm looking forward to seeing what, we get, what we've got wrong from the trailer stuff that we've done absolutely it'll like, be really good to really go back good. and watch the Rewind Theatre again after um, we've seen the film yeah I'm excited last week we went to see Blade Runner together we all took a half day oh that was a good Friday that was yeah took a half day and then got wrecked (laughs) watching Salty Bed Um, so we went to see Blade Runner which I was really excited for I was I thought I was going to be blown away by it because I I have been by a lot of Denis Villeneuve's uh, films like Arrival I just sat and just watched the screen at the end of it Mm. like Prisoners stayed with me for ages right Um, but yes I don't know I thought it was amazing 
but it didn't blow me away like I, I feel like I'm definitely on the same wavelength of you yeah. I like to say like Cardi's a huge fan and everyone yeah. else and the internet is a huge fan mm. and I just I feel like maybe I'm missing something I really liked it but it didn't stick with me like in this impactful it, it way that it has it definitely stuck with me and I've thought about it loads but at the same time I don't know it just felt like there was something maybe missing a little tiny bit I, about felt, it. I felt like it was really slow and I get there with the intent of yeah. that, that delivery being slow but for parts for me I there was a few moments where I legitimately felt like this could be moving along a little bit quicker yeah. and I don't think you're necessarily missing something because it didn't in its first opening weekend it only made like 13 million or something no but all the, all the Diad fans you know, have seen it like uh, absolutely adore yeah, it I, you know just saying that I think that a lot of this movie hasn't performed yeah. in the way that a lot of people thought that it would and I, I think perhaps for the reason that it's 2 hours 45 minutes long and a lot of people look at that on the running order and say I do not want to spend that much time sat in a cinema I think a lot of it's yeah. marketing I was talking to my girlfriend about it she had no idea what Blade Runner was and then she said will I like Blade Runner and I said no and I told her what it was and she said, I, from that title, I did not expect that film. And yeah. I think the marketing, like, look at that poster. What is that film about? It doesn't yeah. really tell you anything. It's a very pretty poster. Yeah, but it's, 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 it's to pull in the fans. But, like, the original Blade Runner wasn't a great That's success. Hard, man. Yeah, yeah. But also the original Blade Runner. I remember, like, when I was a kid, obviously, like, massively into Star Wars, I was like, oh, this is going to be wicked. I'm going to watch, yeah. I'm going to, like, watch Blade Runner. And then being so confused by it because it's a fucking confusing. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I mean, yeah. It absolutely doesn't make sense. The, when they first, <laughs> when they first introduce the, uh, the replicants, the way that, yeah. in the first movie, the way that they introduce it is by having this kind of exposition um, you know Cardi's listening to this right now. Yeah, I know, getting, you're going crazy. Losing his mind. Like, don't get me wrong, I enjoyed the first movie, I really did, yeah. but it doesn't make sense because when they introduce those first replicants, it's on a screen and he goes, right, these are the people who've escaped from Mars and he shows the actors' faces on this fuzzy screen with like the hair all slicked back so they all look kind of identical. So there's actually no way of telling when the characters pop up later in the movie and they've got their hair done and their makeup and like they do not look like the people that were on the screen when it first said these are the replicants you need to watch out for. Right. So like you have no idea when they first show up. You're like, is that a human or a person? Isn't that like, the point? Oh, like, I can't remember that bit. Is it, is I don't the remember point, no, but The point is that, that Deckard's going around doing tests on rep, potential replicants. Yeah, yeah, totally. The point of the movie is to blur that line between what is human oh, and yeah, what is yeah. robot. But actually, that, that's not kind of the point of these replicants mm. in that the whole point of having that exhibition in the first place is to say, keep an eye out for these guys. These are the baddies. Yeah. And then later on, you're meant that's, to question Deckard's I suppose with the two main mission. ones, yeah, you kind of... Like there's never any doubt. If they if they if they wanted you to go through and not be sure from the very beginning whether these replicants were human or not, then they shouldn't have had that exposition scene at the very beginning with the kind of shaky footage. It's they been a while just... since I've seen it. I can't yeah. really remember that. Just get Cardi in. Yeah, <laughs> Cardi will answer yeah. these questions for us. Mm. But to be fair, like it looks fucking incredible. The soundtrack's amazing. The sound is um, fucking incredible. Like yeah. like proper like adrenaline bumping stuff and just the peaks and troughs in that audio as well are incredible yeah. like that one scene I was not to spoil it but there's a certain scene when it's it's, it's like a fight scene in a club mm. oh that's brilliant it yeah. just absolutely the score of that scene is incredible yeah. is that the same one where the, the infamous picture of Harrison Ford yeah. decking Ryan Reynolds mm. comes from for real it does a really good job as well of in a way that I think a lot of Ridley Scott's like uh, definitely Alien Covenant doesn't do a good job of is because obviously, alien, alien, like you've got alien, and you've got like aliens. You've got that timeline, but then those were made ages ago. So yeah. when these new films have been made, they introduce all this like mad new technology which right, didn't yeah. exist then. But I think Blade Runner, 
like 2049 does a really good job of keep making it still feel like the Blade yeah. Runner universe even yeah. though it's years later yeah definitely um, yeah. Like, and, and they do advance the technology a little bit like you've got some cool things they advance like the cool like eyeball thing and mm. things like that but they, it, it all feels like it actually fits and I think that's a lot to do with but the even, even the core concept of AI is like advanced and like how they use it and they do yeah. it and even like in the original like uh, a replicant, replicants were like illegal yeah. as well and then now they've become more of a mainstream thing as well yeah. like they've actually worked out I think it would be really interesting to take the original Blade Runner and this new one and put them side by side because if you look at them in make terms make them fight of, yeah <laughs> see which comes out on top but when you in think, the rain when you think about it Blade Runner the first one it came out at the very beginning of Ridley Scott's career so at that point Ridley Scott had mostly you know he'd done a lot of fashion adverts and that was his background he was very into aesthetics and if you watch interviews with him he talks a lot about um, the making of the first Blade Runner and paying really, really careful attention to mm. the hair and makeup of his characters and like the sets. That's why it's such a visual fest. Mm. But then when you kind of then go into this new one, this is decades later, he's produced some films that like, you know, he's so now interested in story. We've seen that in Prometheus and kind of the mass exposition he's done with the Alien movies. So I think it would just be really interesting to see whether the lessons that he's learned through all these other, you know, focusing more on characterization and all this kind of stuff has made Blade Runner richer. I or... think, to be fair, even though Ridley Scott is still on as executive yeah. producer, I don't think he had much to do with this film. Really? That's why, he, that's why it makes sense and is good. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and, and if anything, it shows you that when Ridley Scott focuses more on story, it's usually to the film's detriment. That's right, with, yeah. with I think Ridley Scott thinks he directed yeah. this, but it was like, you know, when you're a kid and you've got like your cousins around and you tell them that they're playing on the PlayStation but the controller's not plugged in. <laughs> I reckon like they, when he's like, oh, Ridley's yeah. coming to set today and be like, yeah, Rid, what do, you th- what do you think about this? He's like, well, I think it should move like that. Yeah, yeah, we'll totally do that. Anyway, you pop off. We'll get, we'll get that filmed exactly as you just said and then we'll send the rushes over to you. But Ridley Scott is so mental. And when he sent the rushes, he's like, did I say this? Probably. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's fine. Um, when I interviewed I him, we ended up talking about fucking horses for so long. And like, I was in. I was into it, but at Why? the same time, I only had thirty minutes with him. What were those shark things you told you about? Oh, mate, honestly, like was some this of the Blade Runner. Was this the no, no, it's for Alien Covenant. Oh, okay. um, so I ended up like thirty minutes with him, and we've done like an Alien Covenant special. Where you can hear most of it on there, but. Some, like he was talking about horses for so long, um, and I, it was really interesting. I was like, I'm into this, but it's at the same time, it's just like, uh, no. But he was talking about basically uh, what? It, yeah, was that the you, creature design was it? Yeah, and if that? you if you breathe on uh, on a horse's nostril, oh, I remember this. Yeah, I you do breathe, remember yeah this if you breathe routine. on a horse's nostril, yep. then it'll follow you for life, basically. So amazing. That, he, he put the, uh, That's not David breathing breathe in on a uh, on the xenomorph thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and apparently that's why he did that but yeah um, the Neomorph there we go Neomorph I was just trying to think yeah, of it yeah. Um, but yeah horses really Scott just imagine Blade Runner breathing that poor actor on the day if Fastbender hadn't had a tic tac yeah just to do that over and over again well t- I was going to say about Fastbender farting then oh speaking <laughs> of uh, Fastbender farting do not go to see the snowman had no intention of going to see yeah, it but no, definitely not now um i because i was so excited for this really film, man yeah i thought the trailers looked really bad i didn't watch tra- i didn't watch the trailers because oh, right, okay. uh, i watched the f- i started watching the first trailer and i felt like it was giving away too much yeah um, definitely does but i think that um thomas alfredson guy like his mm. films have just been well two films that i love of his um uh, let the right one in and yeah. Tinker Tailor Solar Spy I think T- Tinker Tailor Solar Spy is one of the best films that's come out in the last 10 years right. it's fucking incredible that film is so I was really excited for him to do this it's a Joe Nesbo book um, about Harry 
whole something is okay. the famous detective series that Joe Nesbo does and I think it's like the first film adaptation of that mm-hmm. um, I was really excited for this and it's an absolute stinker <laughs> yeah. like Krupa and I were looking at each other at one point Krupa said we're watching this and we could be watching Zodiac <laughs> I did that people think like I'm going to pretend I'm watching Zodiac <laughs> yeah, there's nothing um, he can do to change that yeah we had a really sad night on Monday because we came out of that and then went straight in to watch the Wales against the Republic of Ireland. And oh, then no. Watched us lose. And then Gavin. Got, ha- <laughs> got hammered on a Monday night then, which is really good. Uh, I think, like, yeah, Cooper is, is, is a gent. But, yeah, I think, like, uh, as, I, as, as it was, like, got to last orders. And I was just about to get another beer and uh, tell him about how sad I was still <laughs> uh, about the 1958 World Cup. And uh, he was just like, nah, I'll probably pop off now, I think. <laughs> yeah. You're going to tell him how this, sad like, you were. I'm going to tell him about how uh, if we had John Doesn't Charles. sound like the best night. If we'd had John Charles, everything would have been different. Um, but yeah, <laughs> shite yeah. Don't, don't, uh, don't support Wales. Don't go see the snowman. Always support Wales, but I mean, they will they will break your heart. Is what happens. Um, I wish I'd known about that. Alicia, Assassin's Creed Origins. Mm. Got to bring Assassin's it back Creed up. Origins. Yeah. So we've been playing Assassin's Creed Origins in the office. We've done a couple of let's plays on it. Um, I don't think we've talked about it on the podcast before. And no, have we? I don't, don't think know. so. Uh, I talked about it a little bit at EGX, but okay, it's fine. Cool. So, like, well, the basic premise is it's set two over two thousand years ago, and it's the 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 beginning story of how that millennia-old rivalry between the Templars and the Brotherhood of Assassins took place. Mm-hmm. Kind of takes place in the ancient Egypt where um, Cleopatra is trying to regain her throne and you play this guy called Bayek. So mm. he's a Medjai. Do you remember do, do you remember in um, The Mummy there was that guy who was like the Medjai and he was like, do not resurrect the mummy. And he was like really handsome and he had like facial tattoos. Oh over. God, yeah. So I that's the Medjai. They're okay. kind of like ancient Egyptian sheriffs and you right. you play as like one of them. And uh, yeah, that's, that's kind of like the outline of the plots. But the actual game itself is kind of, it's a weird one because I definitely feel like I'm a little bit sick of Assassin's Creed games. And I know we've had a massive break yeah. since the last one. Yeah. Um, it's been 10 years since the first one Jesus. was released. And this is the 10th game. So we've, even though we've had that little break, I still just feel a little bit... What, 10th mainstream game is that including 10th, like- sorry 10th installment in the main series this doesn't that doesn't include all the mobile games oh, like the PSP so games PSP. Like if you include them it's into like the 20s Jesus but um but this one actually does kind of make some changes to the formula. They're not they're not huge, mm. but actually their impact on the story does make it play like quite a different game. Okay. It focuses more on action RPG elements. So I'd say whereas previous Assassin's Creed games were more like action adventure, this is an action RPG. Right. So when you go up against enemies, now they have level indicators above their heads. Mm. So if you go into a fight and you're going up against someone who's like a level eight and you're a level five, if you try and stealth assassin him straight out, it's no longer an insta-kill. Like you, like you will not oh. clear off his uh, his house. So suddenly you're yeah. like, crap, and you have to run and dive into a hay bale. Yeah. Um, or like now your enemies drop loot. So in previous games, if you killed an enemy, you might be able to go up and like pick up their sword and wield it for a little while if you if you wanted to, but then you'd yeah. always drop it. Whereas now if you pick up loot, it goes into your inventory and like the Destiny color-coded system, you get legendary, exotic, common. Okay. All right. And you can craft and like you, everything feeds into your level. So there's a lot more grinding in this game. If you're into games like Destiny and you love that sense of progression and kind of 
moving upwards, then yeah, it, it pretty much riffs off of that formula that, that we're seeing right. in a lot of AAA games at the moment. Um, yeah. and, it, and it does change it. It doesn't feel like that kind of old Assassin's Creed where a lot of the game is just running around a city and kind of going from waypoint to waypoint. Mm. Now you're actually going to have to spend a lot of time really exploring that world yeah. and like um, this huge expanse of ancient oh Egypt. My God. You've just done a great job of making me not want to play this game. Yeah, exactly. If, it's, if, if that's it. not I, into your thing, then yeah, check, you'll hate yeah. it. Like, I just, I, I always, in, the thing I enjoyed about yet. Assassin's Creed, <laughs> yeah, well, maybe. Uh, the thing I enjoyed about Assassin's Creed was being an assassin and being mm-hmm. like, coming in, I don't want to level us an assassin up. Yeah. I just want to come in as a you deadly assassin. You can make him assassin. a badass. You can make him a big yeah, badass. But I have assassin. to level him up to do that. I want and, to be that yeah. straight away. And you know what? Yeah. You're probably not going to enjoy the combat as well. because I did see, I've seen some of the combat and it's not all the bass over the head it's like yeah. I like that in other games but just this game it just doesn't feel I like I guess that it's something to get used to isn't it like I have yeah. to admit like I, I've never been like a massive fan of the Assassin's series but mm. I'm bang into this like yeah. I, saw, oh, really? okay. I saw him going after a hippopotamus and I was like yep yeah <laughs> The Gis- animals in it are great. It. Yeah. Mate, you can ride a camel instead of a horse. Yeah, get on that. Well on that. I love the eagle thing because that is mental. Yeah, that, so there, that's um, weird as So well. rather than it being eagle vision like the previous games, you now have this eagle. A fucking real eagle. An actual who, eagle. Who yeah. This actual vision. <laughs> just direct overhead. I'm into great. it. It's coming out, unfortunately, it's coming out of the mad week, isn't it? Like yeah. We're fucking Wolfenstein, Mario, Stranger Things. And then we got yeah. South Park the week before. As yeah. well. God, no, that's all right. But do you, yeah, know what I'm right. Mo- <laughs> do you know what I'm most excited for for Assassin's Creed Origins? It's actually the new version they've got coming out in January, like the history one, where you can you play. You just walk around. Right, yeah. you just yeah. walk around ancient Egypt because their Bang attention that. to detail is amazing. Yeah. So do you remember the very first trailer that came out at E3? And there's a there's a bit of gameplay where it shows Bayek bursting into this. Bayek. Uh, Bayek. Bayek. I keep laughing when I hear that. It's a really, it's a really weird name. <laughs> but he, he bursts into this temple and he has like his arrow out and he goes, one, two, three with these arrows and oh like, yeah that four, was wicked which is amazing and actually uh, if you slow it down and have a look at the animation on that what he's using is this really ancient technique that's no like no one really knows how to do it anymore but it yeah. was uh, the game creators went and looked at wall paintings on temples in ancient Egypt yeah. and saw pictures of people dangling like three arrows from their draw hand so rather than storing the arrow that you're going to find next in your quiver and like Legolas kind of coming up and pulling it into your bow and going if you fire and you've already got three arrows in your hand you just kind of flick up your pinky and then you can like almost like an auto rifle just go one flick one flick one flick and like he uses that in the game and that's such a really cool bit of historical nerdy trivia that you'd never know but they've put such attention to detail into that how come no one can do it now? Surely there's some master... They're probably working on it right now. Bozeman. Yeah. <laughs> What's the word? Oh, right. Bo- yeah. Somebody who would be able to do that. Now, if they I know the technique... That. I could definitely do that. Yeah? yeah? I'm wicked with the bow. I've always heard that about you. Good with the bow. Um, I think I might check that out. Um, so, other things that we've got. Um, we thought what we'd do today is do the big rundown. Because we've been working our little socks off recently. Yeah. And we've had some sh- awesome shit go up on the website. Including... Something we've wanted to do for ages. Mm-hmm. Uh, Friday the Thirteenth, let's play. Yeah, so, like I'm such a fan of this game, man. It is, says non-ironically, my favourite game of the year. I think, like, and I'm not taking the mick when I say that. Because is, is good, 
Zelda did come out. Well, I'm playing Zelda right now, and I still think it. Um, Powers is, Powers is going to go mental. The reason like, I think that when I was on the tube the other day, you were talking about Zelda. I was like, Powers is going to chin him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Zelda, Zelda's good. I enjoy it, but I hate. I, I'm not a fan of right. the world in the whimsy sense. Not necessarily. But you are built. a fan of Camp Crystal Lake. I am a massive fan of that, and the, I think the reason is man. it's like yeah, obviously it's a buggy mess. Yeah. It's clunky as hell. It's, it's meant like, to be, yeah. Yeah, but I love that aspect of it, and I've not had any other game this year that's brought me the moments of joy that that game has brought me yeah, yeah. like just sheer fun like we had that one night when we all stayed late in the office and oh, played it wicked, I don't think I've laughed so much in all my life just watching that game like yeah. people do crazy things on that game I think that's um, a really good thing like you should watch that now so that's live on yeah so it's uh, Jason plays Friday the 13th when we yeah. got J- someone dressed up as Jason oh, sorry we got Jason yeah. in the studio and he uh, tried to kill us all and yeah. we had a great time doing so it's wicked I think like that kind of thing though of like it being a buggy mess and like mad things happening and things. Yeah. Krupa and I last week on another video that we did uh, went to see the Hunt Showdown right. which is a game that the people who made Crisis like Crytek yeah. are, are making now and it's we played a couple of rounds in it and I was like this is fucking amazing. So basically what it is a first person shooter um, online mm. and it, 10 players uh, and you play in groups. You can play in groups of two or by yourself. So we only right, played okay. in groups of two. And essentially, what happens is you all spawn in groups of two at different points in this one uh, kilometer by one kilometer map. Yeah. On this map is like there's zombies, shit, and stuff like that. So the idea is like hell is ri- is rising. Um, and there's a boss on this map. So like we uh, pl- we played against this giant spider and a giant pig man thing. How so giant that- are we talking? Giant spider. Yeah. I reckon. Big as a house? No, 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 no. Like the Shelob? The size of no, like the size of five humans, say, okay, like right. across. Lying across. A shed. It's pretty big. It's bigger than you. Um, <laughs> and uh, basically, so there's a boss on this map somewhere. So you have to locate this boss yeah. um, by using like you've got this like weird power that lets you see like clues. And by finding clues, it narrows down where the spider where the boss is on the map. Okay. So you're doing that. Plus then there's the other players who are coming to try and get you. Um, and they're also trying to get the boss at the same time. Because if you kill the boss, you get this amazing loot. Right. And then you, then you need to get out. So kind of like Division, you do these like little missions, or which is kill the boss. Yeah. Then you have to protect your loot while the spider is sort of being banished to hell. Right. Uh, but then when, it's being, when you've killed it and it's being banished to hell... All the other players get a notification about where this spider is. Oh, so then they're all flocking to yeah. you. It's amazing. What's to stop you, your team, and another team teaming up to take this spider down and then fight to the death afterwards? So you get the there's loot? only two bits of loot with this. You could do that, but yeah, yeah that was better. So there was a, a thing that we did, and there was it happened to be there's two bosses on this map, mm-hmm. and it was so it was me and this other guy from Crytek and um, Krupa and a guy from Crytek on different teams. We and against another team, we'd kill them, so they were done. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it was just two of us going after the boss, and. You don't get to see. You can see where the uh, where the exit is. The boss that we killed was right by our exit, and then we got a notification that Krupa um, and this other guy had killed the other boss, and that was right by their exit as well. Oh but they were maybe like four minutes behind us. So what we managed to do was rather than just exit with our loot, which you could do. Um, but you can also split off as well. Like if one of you wants to go and take the loot and doesn't want to take the chance of losing it, fine. That's cool. But what we decided to do was go up then and hang out at their exit. 
So then, as soon as they they were bringing the loot, we were there waiting for you them. Son of a bitch! <laughs> and it was so it was so it's so tense, man. Like, but the game is brilliant. Yeah. And there was this awesome tense moment where I was like tracking through because um, it's set in like the turn of the century, sort of uh, swamp like Louisiana swamp style. Right. So everything's like dirty. Like they kept saying, um, it's all about like the blood, the guts, and the mud. Um, nice. And it's like. I was tracking this. I was just tracking through these trees. Saw a zombie, like one of the zombie enemies, and I just saw his head just go. Poof. So I was like, "Oh shit, Someone they're else. here!" Oh my god! Um, so I managed to like tell the guy, I was like, "They're here!" And, they, and the same with Friday Thirteenth. It's got like proximity chat as yeah. well. So if you're too close, they can hear. And the sound stuff. There's loads of sound traps everywhere. Like there's like birds, dogs. Like if you fire a rifle, it, the sound can carry across the map and stuff, so oh, people yeah. can hear where it's going towards. Amazing. Um, so we then we managed to. I was like, "They're here! They're here! They're here!" This guy gets shot by the two of them, um, but I managed to chuck something to distract him over there. So they thought I was of a different part of the map. Run round, healed him. Then we both went down round and fucked them up and took their loot. <laughs> it was um, it was so tense, like right at the end, like this, in a sim- similar way to Friday the Thirteenth. Yeah, um, but I think like that is going into early access, and that is going to be like it's going to be all over Twitch and stuff like that. Is it just called the stuff. Hunt. It's called Hunt Showdown. Hunt Showdown. Yeah. Bad sounds really fun. It's yeah. Ter- a terrible Bad. name, isn't it? But um, that sounds amazing. Yeah, so is this, it coming to like all consoles? Nah. So at the moment, I think it's just PC. Right. Um, but if you're a PC gamer, like you just check it out. But I mean, it probably, hopefully, would, would think so. In the same way that like you know, player unknown like yeah. battlegrounds is coming. Like, yeah, if you, you if you go on um, the site or you or iGen's YouTube, you can check out 12 minutes of, uh, of gameplay of that, which is awesome yeah um you mentioned wwe but mm. one of our wwe videos from SummerSlam, doing the rounds yeah so we spoke to a bunch of wwe superstars and asked them what their rating is going to be in the game so yeah. every all the characters in the game are rated by like how well they perform yeah. on the show in general like how well they're scripted to to yeah. perform oh, yeah. and so they're rated on that scale but every year there seems to be a, like rusev is a, a wrestler who last year kicked off when he saw his rating he was really angry about what he thought he was too low and he yeah. thought, everyone thinks they're too low yeah. it should be higher so we did a thing where we interviewed him and it just turned out really really fun yeah we got them to predict their ratings and uh, like it is really really funny yeah um, you should check it if you're into WWE and W2K18 definitely check that it's called WWE Ratings yeah that's good and uh, finally we've got a bunch of awesome prepared to try stuff dropping mm. um, so we've got the finale of our Bloodborne playthrough dun, very, dun, dun. Finally. very sad very sad um, that's going up on Saturday morning uh, but we've also we're going to try something a little bit different and try a couple of like one-offs yeah. we're going to have a go if you don't know what prepared to try is it's me, Krupa and Rory um, playing silly games uh, but we usually do a big series and I th- we're obviously going to go back to that at some point but yeah. just for now to give us a little bit of a break so we don't go mental I mean your Resident Evil one was the, my favourite yeah. stuff you've done that's a little mini series yeah. we know we're, we're, but like, you love Resident Evil as a series well, and it's mainly because I'm not a big Dark Souls guy yeah, anyway so, yeah. so when it was an actual game I was inter- interested yeah. and I love to watch yeah. it as I'm really excited for it well we also have going up today so by the time you hear this it should be up um, I've just cut it out and that's us playing the first sort of two hours of Evil Within but awesome. I cut it down like 30 minutes um, <laughs> on nightmare mode uh, oh, and, and that is very funny oh god I haven't even seen any of this yet so I'm yeah. looking forward to checking it out nah that's good so. did you find it scary? Nah, nah. <laughs> I, I, I found it interesting. Like, I just, I just found out the campaign is apparently twenty hours. What? I'm not fucking putting twenty hours of that campaign, man. Nah. The story is bobbins. I, I mean, the story, the story in the first game is yeah. just ridiculous. I just did an yeah. in. Five yeah, minutes what's your five minutes thing? Yeah, which 
was nuts. To try and like unravel that was just yeah. mad because yeah. you don't find out like who the villain is or like why you're there until like three quarters of the way through the game. Right. And yeah, I don't know. I think the the story of the Evil Within two, I think they've kind of seemed to have addressed that criticism, and there is more of a straight. I don't your know, man. Your daughter's in the thing. You need to go and find your daughter. There's like there's, at least there's like a set yeah. goal. Yeah, we got twenty hours of got 20 hours. Yeah. crazy shit in between. Uh, we um, gave it uh, an eight, eight on site, I think. Yeah. Yeah, so. Which is pretty high. Yeah, yeah, so I'm interested in checking it out. Yeah. Yeah, one thing that you should definitely be... I, I thought of a better segue just then, and then it just, it's gone from my head. Uh, it's Keyword Countdown. Keyword Countdown. Time for Keyword Countdown. It's Keyword Countdown. Time for Keyword Countdown. It's Keyword Countdown. If you don't know what Keyword Countdown is, IMDb categorized their films via a bunch of crazy keywords. What I've done, or more importantly, what Alex has done, not Alex uh, Simmons, <laughs> uh, I couldn't find your surname, man. So Alex wrote into me saying, hey, Gav, big fan of Keyword Countdown and the podcast in general. Been meaning to have a go myself for ages and finally got around to it. Hope it's okay. Alex, Alex, it's not only okay, it was a godsend because we have to go. I've been, I came in at like seven this morning to finish editing this Evil Within thing yeah. so I can go to this other event this afternoon and play some other stuff and talk to some people. Plus, we had to do this. There's a lot going on, guys. Yeah. There's a lot going on. <laughs> yeah. So we've got five films, a link between all of them, and Alicia... Dale actually saw what the last one was because we sit on top of the printer. He wasn't what? cheating. He wasn't cheating. I, wasn't. I it was, was printing out printer. feedback and I went out there and I caught one glimpse and then pulled my eye away. But mm. I'm being completely nice. I saw what one was. Right. So you get to do that one by yourself. By my, oh, yeah, pressure. Okay. That, is, that is pressure, but that's fine. You can do that last. Okay. <clears throat> All right. Film number one. Okay. All right. Ow. Betrayal. Uh, uh, Kill Bill. Oh, 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 so you go, oh, the Star Wars, the Shot one. in the head. Okay, it's not Star Wars. Let's put an end to that. Oh, uh, shot in the head. Um, aliens. Diamond. Blood Diamond. Mentor. Diamond. Diamond the head betrayal. Mentor. Restaurant. Oh, um, Pulp Fiction. Fiction. Oh my God, that's weird. That was weird. Yeah. <laughs> Character name and title. Oh, diamond, diamond. Yacht. Oh, oh. Starsky and No, 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 no. Oh, God, um, no. Um, um, okay, no, carry on. Organised crime. Uh, oh, uh, no. Snatch. Undercover agent. Uh, God damn. Based on a true story. Is it the one with Leonardo DiCaprio? It... Oh. So those keywords again. Betrayal. Oh shot in the head. Diamond. Mentor. Restaurant. Character name and title. That's a biggie. Mm. Yacht. Organized crime. Undercover agent. Based on true story. I know this is going to be... Donnie Brasco. Oh, I Do you know what? Never seen it. Donnie Brasco's a fucking banger. I have been banger. told lots of times to watch it. Absolute banger. Here we go. Okay. Father-son relationship. Uh, Lion King. Doctor. <laughs> Um, Ooh, um, animated title sequence Casino Royale uh, Suitcase of Money Snatch Lockstock Forgery Oh um, Catch Me If You Can Yes Oh yeah. nice Well done Six points for Alicia Yes Banger uh, The other ones Cat and Mouse Sex with Flight Stewardess On the Run Pilot 
Fake Identity. So that's one film, six points to Alicia. Yes. Nice. Here we go. Well done. Voiceover narration. Um, Shutter Island. Oh, this is a hard one. <laughs> Voiceover narration. Shawshank. Wedding reception. Gambling. Um, Casino. Debt. Does Ocean's Eleven have voiceover narration? Indecent exposure. Hmm. Um, um, Singapore. What? The Hangover 2. Theft. <laughs> oh, your belly. That's yeah, my stomach. Yeah. That was amazing. <laughs> I my mic. I'm hungry. Prison. <laughs> We're never going to get this one. No. I, yeah. I can just see it. Yeah. Like we're completely drawing blanks. Bank. Bank. Um, Dark Knight. Stock Market. Wolf of Wall Street. I've never it's, even heard of this film. Guess. Oh, okay. Rogue Trader. No, so, no idea. I don't know. No. It's a bust. That's actually probably the first time that I've ever seen a film on Keyword Countdown that you didn't know either, Gav. There's been one before, which was some mad film that someone wrote in, something I can't remember what it was called. Rogue Trader sounds like a TV show. With like, just sounds like a Yeah, shunt. just like one of those like fly on the walls. Ones. Yeah. yeah. I'm confusing it with Rogue Trooper. Um, there we go. Film number four. Poverty. Um, District Nine. Friendship. Um, Fox and the Hound. Speech. Slumdog Millionaire. Um, Desert Three Kings Self-Discovery The Mummy Road Trip Oh, The Vegas um, What's it called? Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas Yes, that one <laughs> Communist He's not a communist uh, Revolution Oh my god, I'm going to get none on this game It's ridiculous it's Motorcycle you can really tell the sort of films this guy likes to watch. Diary. Poverty. Friendship. The speech. Desert. Self-discovery. Road trip. Communist. Revolution. Motorcycle. Diary. Into the wild? The motorcycle diaries. Uh, it's a banger, that is. Uh, not seen it. Dale, you're not allowed to do this one. I know, yeah, this is bullshit. Here we go. <laughs> I know what it is. Oh, man. Oh, okay. All right, Here we wait, go. Wait. I'm just going to be working on the, the link. Bare-chested male. Oh, cool. Alexander Skarsgård. That's not a film. That's just Sand. Um, I, mm. Violence. Oh, gladiator. Slap in the back of someone's head. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Platoon. Okay, so a war film. Saving Private Ryan? Military enlistment. Um, Hacksaw Ridge. Boot camp. Um, <laughs> it's not fair to look at you like that because I know the answer. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Cleaning a rifle. <laughs> no idea. Fire. Um, <laughs> you said that really weird. Uh, Fire. Mi okay, military. Final clue, Gulf War. I do not watch war films, so I have no idea. It's Jarhead. Never seen it. Yeah, it's fine. So Alicia wins this week with six points and one oh correct guess. What about the link? Donnie Brasco, Catch Me If You Can, Road Trader, The Motorcy Motorcycle Diaries, and what was the other one? Jarhead. Jarhead, yeah. Uh, all set in hot country, like areas of America. All based on true stories. 
all have vehicles. Ah, I'll, gi- I'll give you based on true stories. They're all biographical films and they're all based on written autobiographies. So okay. I'll give you, I'll give you cool. a point for that. One point. Nice. Yes. Well nice one. Well done, guys. <laughs> well done. Right, let's have some feedback. Yeah, I've got the first one. Sweet. Uh, this is an amusing anecdote from Luke Pressling. Uh, following on from the Star Wars Tazos last week, I wanted to share my story about this. So they were talking last week about Tazos, Star Wars theme Tazos. Uh, back in the day at school, Star Wars Tazos fever had gripped my school. I bought so many bags of crisps to try and complete my folder. One day I needed one more Tazo to complete my set. It must have been a fairly rare one as my best friend also needed the same one. I don't remember which one it was though. Another friend who wasn't collecting managed to find this probably in a bag of quavers. We both wanted it and followed some attempts bartering a friend. A fight ensued. Someone someone this turned into an actual fight, which ended up with me winning the prize Tazo, and my folder was complete, but unsurprisingly, my friend didn't talk to me anymore because of the fight. We used to do everything together. Aww. So I completed my set but paid the ultimate price with this weird situation. I still have the set somewhere. Tazos are for gimps. That's <laughs> yeah. what I got to say on He that. lost his friendship over a Tazo. Mate, Tazos were the, like, pound. They were so shit. They were shit pogs. I ate, yeah, you're just a shit pog <laughs> and you've lost a friend. That'll teach you, mate. Uh, here we go. This is from Alex Robson. Uh, it says, Hello, IGN UK podcast. I'm an avid listener on the show and always enjoy hearing your top likes and dislikes. I have a particular interest in horror movies and love a good scare. With Halloween just around the corner, and he changes font there, just around the corner, <laughs> it would be good to hear your top scariest horror films. Ooh. My top five horror films in no particular order are 28 Days Later, the start and end of this film, gave me the shivers. It follows. <laughs> really good choice. Blair Witch Project. Brilliant. Event Horizon, oh. American Werewolf in London. He watched the one who's 11 and had nightmares for years with a special mensch to Alien and The Shining. Keep up the good work, a fellow proud Welshman living in England. Those well, are really good choices. I approve. Yeah. I don't know, man. Like, I love it. Follows, it. I love brilliant movie. How many times have you seen it? Uh, twice. See, oh. I watched it in the cinema, loved it, watched it again. <laughs> oh, really? I've only seen it I, still, yeah. I still really liked it a second time. That final shot when they're just walking down the street and you see someone walking behind them is the yeah. creepiest thing. The music is really good in that mm. film as well. It is good. Um... Uh, American Wheel of London I've talked about on this podcast I was like I was obsessed with that as a little kid yeah Mm -hmm. I saw it I for some reason my parents let me rent it when I was a kid and I used to rent it every single Friday my parents would take us to the video shop in Astro Manach every every Friday night and we were allowed to rent one film each for the weekend and I would rent American Wheel from London every single weekend so it is a kid isn't it you're just like repetition is not a problem no, yeah. you just keep doing the same thing over and over again to the point where the guy like, like we'd go in and be like a joke um, and then to the point where the guy at what, some point he gives it to me <laughs> oh, yeah, it's, like, yeah. Um, it's like that scene in Beauty and the Beast where it's like to Belle with the book yeah. if you like it that much it's yours yeah. but you're just a little probably kid. just worn out the tape by then I thought I might as well just give this away but I used, to, I used to like take it everywhere with me like I used to take it in my, my rucksack and I took it to I took it to school all the time and then I happened to have it in school on like the last day of two and they were like oh we're going to watch a video and I was like I got a video yeah. um, <laughs> and I put that on and got in a lot of trouble oh uh, really because like I think even though it's scary and stuff, there's sexy stuff in there as well. And I think uh, that's worse when you're a little kid. Like, the sexy stuff for me was just over my head. It was the, just like, just get this fucking werewolf on the go. Didn't the teacher say, like, oh, what, what film is it? And then... Or they just stupid. Just stick it on. Yeah, stick it on. <laughs> um, but I, I think, like, that is a good film. But I the, think The Shining is... The Shining Halloween... 
Yeah. Um, well, two, of, two of his list are my, would be mine, which, which is ones? Blair Witch Project and Vent Horizon. Mm, yeah, good, good one. Good ends. The, the movie that scared me the most as a kid to the point where I did not sleep, the yeah. only time I've actually not been able to sleep the entirety until dawn comes up, was House on Haunted Hill, which right. like... The newer one? No, it was the old one. It was, it was the like, Vincent Price one? It was the one where um, I just remember being so freaked out. I mean, I watched it when I was young. Like, I yeah. had to be like 10 or 11. And the scene where he's wheeled into the theatre and like strapped down there's these kind of ghostly doctors over him and they like they tape his his mouth is like like wired shut and like just the idea of someone messing with your face and you not being able to scream and these these doctors and then there's this ghost who like as the camera pans it's doing that thing you know when like heads are shaking really really fast and it's that oh yeah that is the new one so you can't see it was just oh it was that really freaked me out yeah that was that was crazy it's got um what's it called the the remake has got what's King's Speech Dude um, Jeffrey Rush. Yeah. Is it Jeffrey Rush? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got him in it. He's, yeah. He plays the Vincent Price character. Okay, yeah, yeah, it is a new one. Yeah. It's good. Uh, what's your bit of feedback? Uh, I have some feedback from John Paul McKenna, who says, sometimes you need a friend like Max Payne. Yeah. Hello, gang. Your talk of games that got you through rough times reminded me of the summer of 2012. At the time, I had recently returned from years of traveling and working abroad, and I was sharing a house with a couple who found out that they were going to have a baby. Naturally, they decided to move into a smaller place. So for the duration of that summer, I found myself living with my parents in rural Ireland. I said that really Irishly. Oh, yeah. and <laughs> as the grim reality of being a single 29-year-old man with a dead-end job who lives with his parents who lived with his parents settled in I saw that Max Payne 3 had been released and decided to treat myself I cannot fully explain how important it was for me to leave my shitty job and go to my childhood bedroom and to take control of an inept fat middle aged alcoholic (laughs) mass murderer whose every action only makes things worse to steal Joe's turn of phrase it was the purest form of catharsis that I've ever experienced I've replayed it since in happier times and while it's a bit of a mess it still remains my favourite game thanks for the show JP I love Max Payne 3 that's cool I never finished it got halfway through it so good man I just something about it at the time just didn't do it for me. I Maybe you needed it. to be living with your parents with a dead end yeah. job to fully appreciate it. Can't go back. Never <laughs> go back to that. I like as I recall, Kruber reviewed that for IGN and still gets stick from Americans from the American teams who think that he scored it too high. What did he give it? I think it was up there like eights and nines or something like that. Right, but lots, okay. of people, lots of people fucking hate that game. Incorrectly hate that game. But yeah. Yeah. I didn't hate it. I just, it just it, a lot. I lost interest in it. You can always tell someone who's a fucking idiot when you speak <laughs> to them and they think La Noire is better than Max Payne Three. See, I finished La Noire. That game. <laughs> that game is bollocks. <laughs> and well, I, I'm looking I like, for a role to be uh, playing on the Switch. Actually, I like what it did differently. I like <laughs> the fact that it struck out and tried to do something different. It might not have been totally successful in it, but I appreciate. The kind of effort. Good, a good, plus good on you for trying. Yeah. So to clarify, um, we're fucking idiots. Basically, I never, I'm not <laughs> played, I've never played Max. You don't prefer. I've never played Max. Well, Payne, I, ne- so I, I finished yeah, yeah. Elaine One. I never finished Max. But you can't prefer even what you've played. You can't prefer Elaine One. That. That's not a fun game to play. But Elaine Noire was different, wasn't it? It was something unique and yeah. interesting. It was, and you never played a game like Elaine Noire before. Yeah. <sighs> That's such a shite thing. Like, <laughs> you know, like you, you have played games like that before. It's just they haven't. They were trying to do something different with a facial recognition right. thing. Hmm. You try and watch that now. It doesn't work. Oh, I'm sure. It, yeah, do, yeah, it yeah, just totally. it didn't work at the time. Yeah. It doesn't work. But you now. just said you'd want to play on Switch. I wouldn't want to play again. I feel like at the time I was happy with. It, I wouldn't. Want to play I'm it hoping now. they fixed it. The bit, that I, the bit that I lost in Alien One, I was just like, I'm done with this game. Was I just had a scene where I run up and I was able to hit someone. Uh, with a club, yeah. fine. They let you take the club. The next um, next scene, you're running, but they don't let you use your club because they don't. They want you to tackle him. Oh, I hate rather those than things. So because yeah. 
it relied the next cutscene relied on you having to tackle him to be able to do that. I was like, I'm done with this, mate. <laughs> I'm absolutely done. With it. Of all the, the things, it's not that. But also as well, like people go on about like, oh yeah, the 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 interrogation scenes. They were. It was a cool idea, which was terribly delivered. Awfully, like delivered. you get when they were lying. Like obviously, yeah. it's an audio it's podcast, so but and the that's facial the thing, I, I appreciate what you're saying. Like, oh yeah, they were trying to do something different. When you pay forty five quid for something that doesn't work, and you've got to do that for twenty hours. Yeah, I know what you mean. I, I, there was a really interesting episode of Game Makers Toolkit recently mm. that talks about detective games and how hard they are actually to do because you watch a detective movie and you've got like everything set before you and you can watch the twists and turns of these detectives trying to unravel a mystery and you yeah. follow that thread yeah. whereas when you're the one actually playing that the game makers have somehow got to make you feel like you're working for the mystery but also like give you clear markers yeah. of where things are going yeah. and I think out of a lot of the de detective games that I've played LA Noir was really successful in showing the different stages of a detective mystery of finding things in an alleyway and picking them up and looking at them and turning the controller and like seeing things really close Get a little and, music like, yeah, yeah, stuff like that, and like. But it's such I a handholded way, though. Like, exactly. like it's not. You it's can't not fail perfect. in Ellen Noir. Oh, that game is so handholded. Like, You're absolutely yeah. right there. But I don't know. I felt, I felt like it was. An I feel like it captured the, the spirit of what it means to be a detective. I agree, handholdy. That's mm. a massive. But like. Yeah, more so than other games. The, the one thing I hated about that game was the open world. It's just like it was so unnecessary. Yeah, just yeah. say it's not open yeah. world. Just, yeah, just, just, just tell me exactly where with, to like, go. But that's what I'm saying with like, you know, you can use your club in this point, but then you can you can't use your club yeah. in this point. You've got to use this, and it's like that's this is an open world. Yeah. Don't say it's an open. Oh, it's a dead open world. If you drove around, yeah. there's nothing yeah. going on. Yeah. Yeah. There's no point making an open world for the sake of making yeah. an open world. No, like, if you're gonna do it, make it live and breathe. They think they have to do it because they they made GTA. So it's just like yeah. Um, but there we are. There we go. Nice little tangent there. Yeah. If you want to get in touch with us, you can. IGN score UK feedback at IGN.com. Thank you. Bye bye. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.